Hello and welcome. I'm David Davis from W.L. Gorn Associates, and I'm excited to bring you this podcast. The topic for today's podcast is about value analysis committees driving innovation. Is your VAC driving innovation or unintentionally inhibiting it? So innovations break the standard of care mold. They can enable treatment of larger populations, obviate expensive protocols, shift care to lower cost settings, and help hospitals build a leading edge reputation. But would your VAC buy them? Or does your evaluation process eliminate them from consideration? Many VAC processes lack provisions to deviate from set frameworks and often end up being able to compare only like-to-like devices. They have a way to evaluate incremental technology shifts only and can't really analyze and measure the potential of true innovations that make larger leaps in innovation that affects population health, patient experiences, and costs. Today, we're going to talk about a few ways VACs unintentionally inhibit innovation and how to recognize and overcome those roadblocks. The first roadblock is failure to consider the long view. If your cost-benefit analyses are based on limited time horizons, like an episode of care length of 30 days, you miss the chance to see how long-term results might affect overall value. Some new products may cost more up front, but over time, they may generate better returns for certain patients through reduced needs for additional interventions, fewer complications or readmissions, enhanced patient experience, and or improved quality of life. To overcome short-sighted evaluation, challenge your suppliers to provide data that demonstrates outcomes as far out as 90 days, six months, one year, or beyond, and don't confine the time horizon to just 30 days. The second roadblock is rigid decision-making matrices. Rigid categories can be useful filters to reduce noise in VAC evaluation processes, but they can also prevent potentially critical advancements from being considered. Apples-to-apples comparisons can be limiting and may not, in fact, apply to every product. An example of this roadblock can be seen in basic VAC activities. VACs often have standard questionnaires to screen products, and the questionnaire is based on current, known technology. To overcome rigid decision-making roadblocks, evaluate your VAC matrix questions for bias against innovation. Create a second track for innovative products asking different sets of questions. What are those questions that invite evaluation of innovation. Committees we've worked with have asked the following. What is the cost-benefit analysis beyond 30 days, 90 days, one year? Is there data that demonstrates both short-term and long-term outcomes? How well does the data track complications after immediate episodes of care? Can the device play a role in reducing the overall cost of care, such as pushing treatment to a lower cost setting or reducing inventory shelf space? 
How would inclusion of this device affect our ability to treat more complex cases or a different population in our market area? How would it affect our reputation for innovation? What value do physicians or surgeons believe the new product will offer? Now, a caveat on evaluating innovation. The reality is you're going to run into questions about how to get those answers. Lean on your manufacturers to help here. They should be able to work with you to calculate the actual budget impact of an innovation on your hospital. They should also be able to help identify the most appropriate quality measures related to the device. VACs are at a place of extraordinary influence when it comes to value and quality outcomes, and when it comes to a hospital's ability to drive innovation. Addressing the areas discussed today help ensure that each medical device considered is evaluated in the context of broader cost reductions, patient outcomes and experiences, and population health improvement goals. Once again, I'm David Davis, and thank you for listening.